If you are a physician, nurse practitioner, or physician assistant who is questioning your medical career, I'm holding a free live training called the Fulfillment Fix that you are definitely going to want to attend. The goal of the training is to clarify your next steps. You can finally find work you enjoy that doesn't burn you out. It's happening on Thursday, June 6th, 5 p.m. Pacific Time or 8 p.m. Eastern Time. During this training, you will learn my proven process for identifying your next right step, which will work even if you feel like you've been spinning your wheels for months. I'll share my number one hack to creating a viable exit strategy so that you can make a transition without going broke. You'll learn the key ingredient to finding a career that's the right fit for you personally so that you can wake up and look forward to your day. You'll also get a simple checklist for ending the mental overwhelm and making a tangible plan, meaning that you can stop feeling stuck and finally know where to start. Through this training, you will stop feeling lost and confused and clarify your career direction so that you can find meaningful work that doesn't drain you. To sign up, click the link in the show notes or go to coachchelsmd.com slash fix. I cannot wait to see you there. Welcome to the Life After Medicine podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Turgeon, residency dropout, best-selling author, online entrepreneur, and world traveler. I'm on a mission to help the whole world start doing work that they actually enjoy because I believe the world is a better place when we're all doing work we love. If you want to create a fulfilling life and career on your own terms, then you are in exactly the right place and I'm so glad you're here. Through this podcast, I'll share inspiring stories of healthcare workers who have left their traditional medical careers to forge their own path to fulfillment. I'll also give you my best tips and advice for how I've managed to create a thriving life after medicine. Hello, my loves. Thank you for tuning in today. Before we get started with the show, I want to make an exciting announcement. October 12th through 14th, I will be hosting a free three-day live training called Buy Burnout. The goal of the training is to help you stop feeling so exhausted all the time so you can regain the energy to enjoy your work and enjoy your life again. During these three days together, I will be sharing my proven process for burnout recovery, including several evidence-based tools that you can implement in your daily life right away and start to see a noticeable difference in your energy levels. If you're sick of feeling drained and exhausted at the end of every day, if you're constantly taking the stress of the job home with you, if you feel like your quality of life is suffering right now due to your career, this training will be so helpful for you. I know that right now with the pandemic, burnout is at an all-time high, and I want to do my part to share with you all of the tools and strategies that can really help start to give you your energy back. I'm going to teach you how to begin your burnout recovery process so that you can get back to enjoying your work, enjoying your life, and just not feeling so drained all the time. So if you are ready to say bye to burnout, come join me for this three-day live training. Link is in the show notes, or you can head to coachchelsmd.com slash burnout. So excited to see you there. 
Hello, my friends. Thank you guys for pressing play today. I am super excited for the conversation I'm about to have with Kylie Nelson of Passport and Passports and Preemies. She is a travel nurse and a travel blogger. And funny enough, she was actually my very first paying client. So maybe was it two or three years ago? We we met through a travel blogging course, um, superstar okay. bloggers, Nomadic Matt, and we became friends and like reading each other's stuff. And then when I started to pursue coaching, I reached out to Kylie. We had a conversation and my sales pitch at the end was something along the lines of, so do you want to do this for reals? <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember, um, so I was living in Boston at the time when I, when that conversation happened and I remember you said, let's chat for free. And then if, you know, see where this goes, and I was like, oh, yeah, like I can do that. And then the call was so good. And like, I just felt so fulfilled and motivated. And at the time, I didn't know I was your first paying client. So it was like, awesome. And now that I've learned that, like, I'm so happy that like, I supported you. And it was a really, really good time in my life. So uh, it was thank so you. Fun. So <laughs> such a fun relationship. And we've been in touch ever since. And I've really loved following yep. your journey. So tell us a little bit about your career journey so far and how you got to where you are today as, you know, a travel nurse, a travel blogger, and most, not most importantly, but also an advocate yeah. for <laughs> preventing nurse burnout through travel. I know that's a big part of your platform. Yeah, so I am a NICU nurse. Um, when I graduated from nursing school, I moved to Kansas City to begin my career. Um, and at the time, I pretty quickly realized that what I was doing wasn't sustainable. Um, I was working in an environment that I don't feel like did an awesome job at fostering and caring for new nurses. Um, at the time, I didn't realized that I felt burned out, but looking back, it was definitely burnout. I remember looking at nurses who had been there for 20 plus years. And I just wondered, like, how, how are you still showing up to work every day? Um, and I just knew that how I felt wasn't necessarily normal. Um, I wasn't very happy at work or outside of work. But again, I didn't, I didn't recognize that it was burnout. Um, you know, after I went through a pretty hard breakup, I became a travel nurse, kind of that's what like catapulted me into travel nursing. And I fell in love with it right away. I had, you know, more money and flexibility to do the things that I wanted to be doing outside of work. My first travel nurse assignment, I went to Omaha, Nebraska, and I um, lived with my parents and kind of rested and healed. And I took some time to realize what I wanted out of life. And that's when I applied for a volunteer position in North Macedonia. So I moved there a short time to North Macedonia to volunteer at the Children's Hospital of Skopje. And that's kind of when I realized what nurse burnout was and kind of how to prevent it. So I recognized that I was working multiple, I was working five days a week there, which is more than the average three days. I was putting in more hours. I was doing a lot of stuff outside of work um, to help the nurses. 
But it was interesting because I didn't feel that same like tired and unhappy. I didn't feel that like I did in Kansas City. I was taking the weekends to travel throughout different countries in Europe. And I really believe that I had just found my passion. And by doing what I love to do and, and taking those weekends to travel, I was arriving back at work Monday morning, like ready to take on the weekend. I felt really excited about working again and I felt really fulfilled. And I think that's because I was doing something outside of work that I really loved. So that's kind of where I was like, I recognize now that, you know, before taking this volunteer job in North Macedonia, I wasn't doing a good job at taking care of myself outside of work. I was saying yes to picking up too many extra shifts and I was staying over if the unit was short staffed and I wasn't, you know, taking my days off and doing anything fulfilling. And that really changed my life working in Macedonia. I think it's Mm -hmm. so interesting when we have these personal experiences that help us figure out what is contributing to burnout and like, where does energy even come from? Right. Cause you're saying like, it doesn't totally make sense because I was working more shifts and then I was traveling Uh on the weekends, which also is not necessarily like laying down and chilling. How could it be that I had more energy then than I had in Kansas City? And so I love that you're paying attention to that and that you're asking yourself those questions and coming to that realization that it's because you were taking care of yourself more and you were doing things that were more fulfilling to you outside of work as opposed to 100%. taking more in shifts and just doing things that you felt like you needed to, like you should Had do. To do. Mm-hmm because I wanted to help out and be a good new nurse that people could rely on. Yes. And really what I learned from that is it's, that's not being a good nurse because, you know, I'm not fulfilled and I'm not, that's not translating to like, when I come to the hospital to work, I'm not happy. And, and that's not good for anybody, patients, my coworkers, myself. I love that you came to that realization because I think it's so hard so many people, because we have this idea that personal fulfillment is selfish. So I think you just talked about it, but how did you realize that that's actually not true? And it's totally the opposite. So I'm a big advocate of preventing nurse burnout by traveling. But what I've also realized is not everyone likes traveling the way that I do. (laughs) So it's really preventing nurse burnout by doing what you're passionate about whether that is seeing a therapist, getting a massage, going to movies, like doing those things in your day on your days off will help you, you know, feel better about yourself and ready to work again. And the thing about being fulfilled outside of work is you come to work then and I believe it it makes me and other people a better nurse, you know, I'm more in tune to what my patients want and need. I'm more willing to on the off chance, maybe stay over a couple extra hours. You know, I I feel like I'm in a better mood to help out my coworkers and really go the extra mile when I'm at work. And it's all because I've chosen to, to take care of myself on my days off. It feels really as simple as that, you know, Mm. find what you love and what you're passionate about. And I think that you can show up to the hospital as a better nurse and a better anyone in medicine, just as a better mm-hmm. provider too. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's just the difference between like showing up to work from an empty cup versus a full cup. One of the things you mentioned at the very beginning of your story is that you didn't know that you were burnout. You didn't realize that's what was happening until you had hindsight. Mm-hmm. So you didn't quite recognize it at the time. What are some signs that 
you think other people could look for it to say, oh, this is what I'm experiencing. Oh, this, this might be burnout. And how could people start to recognize that in themselves? So when I was a new nurse, I still was like, like I said, I was picking up extra shifts, working extra because I felt like it was what I had to do to make people like me. Like on on my off days, I was staying in bed too late. Just my energy was zapped. I mean, I was still had the energy to pick up extra shifts, but I wouldn't say that like I was a pleasant person to be around at work necessarily. Like, yeah, I was an extra set of hands to help, but I don't think I contributed in other ways. But just it was a lot of outside of work stuff, like just having no energy to go to work out, to get out of bed, to, you know, do anything that was healthy and good for me. I had the energy to like go out and party. But again, that just all contributed to like, I think I was doing that because I was so unhappy at work. And at the time, I wouldn't have recognized that. But looking back, That's definitely what was happening. Like the way it kind of showed up for me was when I got home, I just wanted to sit on the couch and that was all I could do. And I just was kind of in this zombie state. Yeah. There's no real energy to get out of bed, to do much of anything. What do you do when you're too tired from your burnout to do anything about your burnout? Amen. It's a hard thing to first off recognize what's happening and then, yeah, to break the cycle. And then it's like, well, where do you start breaking the cycle? It takes a lot of courage to kind of, you know, do what you did and step back from everything and, you know, kind of reevaluate and reevaluate your life and kind of put stock in what was more important than your career at the time. Yeah. And it sounds like that's what you did when you were at home, like on your first travel nurse assignment and you Mm -hmm. went home to Nebraska and you were spending time with your family and you were saying you like took time to rest and heal and figure out what's important to me. What do I want? So how did you, like, what kind of questions were you asking yourself during that time? And what did that time look like for you? So I got home and I started working at a hospital here in Omaha. And that was really great because I loved the coworkers and it, it kind of, It wasn't as busy as my other job. So I felt like going to work didn't seem like such a hard thing to do. And then when I was at home, yeah, I was like, well, do I want to find a job right away? Do I want to continue travel nursing? What makes me happy outside of work? What gives me anxiety outside of work? You know, and that those are the kinds of questions I just kept asking myself over and over. And I really felt like I was focused on myself and my own issues. And my issues weren't even that bad. And I was like, okay, well, I feel I think to make myself feel better, I can go help people that have much bigger issues than I do. And that's when I was like volunteering, ding, ding, ding. And that's really when I started looking into volunteering. And and that was such a blessing in disguise because I truthfully was not qualified for that at all. And I think that it was placed in my lap for a reason. The universe just gave me what I needed at the time. And it it was really special. And I think that I had the courage to kind of grasp it and go with it. And I wonder how many people are given these great opportunities that they're too scared to kind of reach out and take. How did you find that courage or what did that look like to get the courage and kind of muster yourself up to be able to? I was just at the lowest point, like, and I had been there a long time. Like it was a lot of the breakup, but it was also looking back feeling burnt out too. You know, I was seeing a therapist, I was on medicine, I was having panic attacks if I like left my house. And so it just felt like nothing could 
be bad by taking this. Like I am already at the very worst, like worst point in my life. Like the only way it can go is up. So I might as well try it. And I, I keep telling myself, you know, this is something that I live by and something I shared with you earlier is I read in a book one time, you never want to look back on your life in 10 years and think, wow, I wish I would have tried that 10 years ago. And that's kind of how that whole time in my life felt like I wanted to travel to Europe and I wanted to travel nurse, but you know, it was, it felt like a scary thing to do until I realized, well, it's even scarier to say in 10 years, say, wow, what if I would have tried volunteering or what if I would have tried travel nursing? You know what I mean? It's, It's scarier to the what ifs sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And to me, that's one of the blessings of like rock bottom and desperation is it it, it makes you open to things you maybe would have been too scared otherwise. But when you start to realize like it's possible I'm in my worst case scenario right now, obviously things can always get worse, but it feels like Mm -hmm. a worst case scenario right now. What do I have to lose? There is such a power to that. And I felt like that when I was taking my five-week leave of absence from the hospital and in Uh a place of burnout, like, yes, I was scared of leaving, but staying just felt so much worse. And so it's, there's such a blessing in that. And, And it's even a blessing that like my low point was a breakup when people have it so much worse off. And I think that's what I realized volunteering is like people deal with really, really real and hard stuff. And it just made me take stock of my life and realize, okay, these are the things I can say are a blessing. And, you know, as I continue to heal and grow and learn from this, these are the things that I want to be grateful for. Yeah. I think getting that perspective is so powerful. One of the first things you said was when you were picking up all these extra shifts and all of that, you were like, this is what I have to do to make people like me. And that was kind of (laughs) the mentality, which is like, so relatable. We all do stuff like that. But then how did you now shift into kind of the, it sounds like you have more boundaries in place now of like, uh, I know totally. that this is what I need to do or not do. And it's not about if other people like me, but it's like, do I like me? So how did you kind of make that? So I think it was a lot of things. I think that it's getting older you know, you care less about what people the think ripe about you. age of 32 that she is. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's older than 26. I am, uh, yes, just a bucket of wisdom now. Um, you know, you come to a point where you're like, yeah, like, what's, what's the point in pleasing someone else over me? Like, there's no point. And I think that the really, really sad thing and hard thing about being a nurse is you feel this immense amount of guilt to help out. And it's like, guess what, guys? The hospital doesn't care about you, like, at all. The hospital literally doesn't care. I guarantee you, if you were to quit or, God forbid, pass pass away, nothing stops inside the hospital. They hire a new person to take your spot and things continue as they were. Your management might act like they care about you, but they really truthfully, you're replaceable. And I think that once I started realizing how replaceable I was, I just stopped caring as much. I still, obviously you show up for your three shifts. I gave it my all. I was on time. I clocked out when I was supposed to. I did my job, but I stopped carrying the weight of feeling like I needed to take on more than that. And that was the most liberating feeling I have ever felt. 
And that was a lot of travel nursing. And that was because I was making more money. So I was able to say, wow, I don't, I don't need to pick up extra to like support my life anymore. Um, so that was like a big shift as well. And another reason that I've been so grateful to travel nursing is it just like allowed me to, to be like, to not have to pick up shifts for like monetary reasons, if that makes sense. But, yeah, absolutely. But I yeah, think even aside so. from the monetary reasons, cause like there's people who they're not the sole breadwinner and, but they just still feel mm-hmm. this, like the guilt is really what makes them want to pick up the extra shifts. And so releasing that, it I sounds know. like. I love your perspective of that, that you're like, you know what? They just, it's not personal. Like I can just go there and do my job and I don't need anything from them other than the paycheck that they give me. Right. And, and also like, okay, management, you know, your chargers calls you and they say, Hey, we're super short staffed. Like, can you please come in? And you say, no, do you think they're sitting there stewing over your no? Like, no, they're picking up the phone and they're calling the next person. And then they're going to raise the bar and they're going to offer more money to get someone to come in. You know what I mean? Like I they don't, they're so not thinking much. about your no, they're moving on with their life. And then guess what? You can move on with your life too. And you can go do what you want to outside of work. Dude. I love that so much. It's such a graceful. No, that's such an important thing to be able to get to is to just be able to say no, because it doesn't work for you. You know, like you don't have to say yes, just because someone asks you to do something, you do not have to say yes and then resent them for it. And then like big sigh and you come in and you're so mad and you like are slamming doors and you know, whatever the thing is that you're doing. Okay. Exactly. I have said yes. So many times that I want to say no. And what does that do? I come in, I hate my assignment. I am mad that they gave me X, Y, Z. And it's like, that's no good for anyone. That's not healthy for the charge nurse. That's not healthy for me. That's not healthy for my patients. You have to realize that sometimes no is the best answer that you can give the hospital. Yes. So speaking of doing things for yourself and taking time for yourself and figuring out what makes you happy and really like making time to do that. Tell us about this eight day vacay that you have crafted, Uh, um, which I I love this idea. And I didn't even realize you created it until recently. I I I thought it was a thing, but (laughs) Kylie freaking created it. So tell us about the eight day vacay. Okay. So it came to me. Okay. So I was traveling. um, I did a 17 week solo trip through Europe and Southeast Asia. And uh, this was back in 2018 and I had my travel, my blog at the time, Passports and Premies, and I was writing a lot of travel guides, but I wanted to figure out a way to like, my audience was nurses. And I wanted to figure out a way to write travel guides for nurses specifically. And that's really hard to do. It's not like you're like, oh, Italy for nurses or, you know, so I was trying to figure out a way <laughs> to target nurses. And I, I think it came to me in a dream. And I woke up one morning, I was like the eight day vacay. And basically the eight day vacay is a vacation geared towards nurses to take time off from the bedside and see the world without needing to use your PTO. And how it works is you'll work, you know, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday of week one, and Thursday, Friday, Saturday of week two, giving you eight days off. And the guides that I have on my blog really do a good job at not only like helping you with everything you need to know, like getting from one city to the next, giving you ideas of where to go. I think I have like Belgium, 
Ca uh, Washington, Albania. I have lots of different guides, but also I've tried to make it really affordable for nurses. So I've tried to keep nurses in mind and not, and nurses salaries and not mm. recommend anything outrageous or um, it's really so that someone can easily take off work, not have to plan a lot, not have to think about it just show up, do all the things and then get back to the bedside. I love that so much because I like one of the premises I think behind that is like not only how to target nurses, but like you don't have to necessarily be a travel nurse to travel. No, no. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Because as a travel nurse, I was taking these really big breaks off of work. And I think a lot of travel nurses, not a lot, I think some travel nurses do that and that's great. But there's so many travel nurses and staff nurses that don't do that and cannot do that. And that was kind of the key is like, well, how do I incorporate those people into my blog? And that's like kind of what I came up with. Um, and we never yeah. even talked about how you started your blog, because I know that was a big moment for you, too. You know, we talked about you going to North Macedonia and doing that vacation. Yeah. But when was it that you decided to start Passports and Preemies? And how did how did that come to be? I wanted to start a travel blog way before I did. And it was always I was too scared, or I felt like it was too saturated. And that's like one of my biggest regrets is just not doing it. So this was in 2017 when I left for North Macedonia. So before that trip, my sister and I met in London and Paris and we traveled there together for two weeks and we're sitting on a boat in Paris drinking probably too much wine. And I was telling her, I really want this blog. I don't know what it should be about. And I do want to talk about nursing, but I also want it to be about traveling. And she thought of, she thought of the title passports and preemies, passports for the travel aspect and preemies for the NICU nursing aspect. And this was right before North Macedonia. So I thought this is a great way to kind of, it started really as I wanted to kind of document what happened in Macedonia. Like looking back at those first posts, I'm like horrified, but also grateful because I realized like, oh, I just like put it out there and I like just thought they were great and they weren't, but I did it and I am where I am now. So I, I did that. And then I came back to the US and felt like really defeated. Like I was like, where is this going? I don't know how to get my name out there. And I don't know what I'm doing. And, and I just kind of sat on it for almost an entire year. And at this time, I was like, okay, I need to take another break and travel. And I'm like, literally would cry to my parents like, no one likes my blog and I really, really want it to be successful so that I can like quit work and make it, make it a full, full-time job. And at that point, and that's where I met you as I signed up for Nomadic Matt Superstar blogging class. And that gave me a lot of direction. And then I, you know, he said something, he said something that was like pretty insightful. He's like, it's a muscle, you just have to use it, like practice and use it. And that's so I was like, okay, I'm, I'm just gonna start writing like at least once a week. I was never a good writer. People look at me and they're like, oh, well, I don't write. So I couldn't do that. It's like, I don't write either. I basically failed writing every single writing class I ever had. And it was really just like a muscle that I just like anything, just like nursing, just like studying. It's like, it's a muscle that you use and then you become better at it. I think the other part of it was like figuring out, oh, nurses are my target audience and then targeting nurses. And that's kind of when it started to grow and expand and 
And that's kind of where I am now. Yeah. So now you have like such a big audience, like even since we worked together, I think like two years ago, you've, you've grown your Instagram so much, you've really grown your Mm -hmm. audience and you've gotten so clear, like you said, on who you're serving and what you're doing. And exactly. I think it's so impressive to see just the growth that you've had in your message and in, in the quality of the blog and all of those things. And and, but it like, it all starts from humble beginnings and it just starts from getting started and you have to like put some crap out there initially in order to get better. Otherwise you don't just show up on day one, perfect and polished, like Like, done. Oh, if these people that follow me now could have seen me in 2017, like, yeah, like it's almost like a disservice when people are like, it's like, you don't know how much like blood, sweat and tears went into making it what it is now. And like by you dismissing that is like, that's fine. They don't, no one's doing it to be hurtful, but it's like, I didn't just like get where I am all of a sudden. It's been a lot of years and patience and growing pains. And that's, I mean, just like anything, I mean, I'm sure that you could say the exact same thing. Yeah. And so tell us about what the blog looks like today. Like, cause you, you've monetized it in different ways. You've done like collaborations yes. and brand partnerships. So tell us a little bit about that success that you're so having and how, what that looks like. My, my biggest focus is the blog itself. And, um, right now I think I have, um, like 25,000 readers a month. Um, so I'm always like looking oh to, gosh. yeah, <laughs> I'm looking to, thank you. I'm looking to grow that and expand that. And, and that's really where you can find everything about NICU nursing, travel, nursing, travel, nursing. You know, I have so, I have hundreds of guides on solo travel and road trips and weekend trips and day trips and all the trips for the nurses. <laughs> and then social media is obviously a big aspect to that. It's not my number one focus, but it has been how I have monetized right now. Um, so I've been able to work with some really incredible brands that I really believe in. And um, I think like next steps is just to focus on still growing. I have created also the travel nurse bundle. Um, and that is uh, like basically every single thing you need to know about travel nursing. I have tons of free guides on my website, but it's really good for people that want the next step. Um, and with that comes like, obviously I'm at your beck and call if you need anything, but I have a Facebook group where I've also shared like all of my past contracts and, and it's a place where, you know, travel nurses can speak to each other if they have any questions or they need any help. So those are kind of that's what I've done. And I think in the future going forward is just my focus right now is just to kind of grow and, and figure out, you know, what, how to get this uh, even to the next step. And yeah, so I love that so much. Yeah. And cause with the travel nurse bundle, you said you, you made a mistake when you first started travel nursing and like it cost you $10,000. Oh, so many mistakes. <laughs> yes. I've made so many mistakes that it's not even funny. Like, but it's also like now I'm like, but it's good because I've been able to like write this and like, you know, share my knowledge. Like imagine if I'd gone through four and a half years of nothing bad happening. Like I'd have nothing to say to people. Well, And if you're trying to avoid mistakes, you're probably going to avoid living in a lot of ways. Like I think the cool thing about you is that you're willing to just put yourself out there and you're willing to make the mistakes and then write about them so that other people can avoid those particular ones, but then they get to make their own. (laughs) It's, um, and I don't know if you follow Angie Lee on Instagram at all, but she 
she is like a, some kind of marketing expert and coach. And she says like, the reason I've been successful is I'm just willing to look dumber than you, or I'm willing to just like fail more. And I'm willing to just look more stupid. I don't even know if dumber is a correct word, but like, right. Like, yeah, I think what people also don't realize is like the amount of things that not just me, but a lot of like people in social media do is like, they fail a lot and it's okay. Like, I don't, nobody remembers, nobody cares that much about you. Just like the hospital doesn't care about you. Like nobody else really cares about your failures. You know, they, they see you pick up the pieces and move on. And that's that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And so Kylie was going to offer a special discount for people who want to get the travel nurse bundle. Yeah. So if you're a nurse looking into travel nursing, you know, I think it's really good for student nurses, even brand new nurses, even nurses that have done like one contract and feel a little bit lost and confused. Um, So if you are a nurse listening to this podcast, you can get 20% off the travel nurse bundle um, by using code life after medicine 20 with no spaces. Yeah, absolutely. I just love the journey of your blog of how a lot of people that I talk to, they have some idea on their hearts Mm -hmm. somewhere, you know, like whether that is, I want to be an artist or I want to make YouTube videos on this thing. Like a lot of us have this something on our hearts Mm -hmm. and we're too afraid to go after it. I think one of the saddest messages I get, and I get them over and over is someone saying, I wish I could do that. I want to do that. I just want to shake that person and say, do it. Like, time is now. Like, <laughs> what are you waiting yeah, for? Exactly. What's the worst thing in the world that could happen? You don't like it? Great. Then you don't want to do it anymore. You fail? Okay. Like, move on. We all fail at something. Yeah. So. I mean, but another thing is, too, like, what do you even consider a failure? Because, like you said, for you, you're like, I sat on this, like, I published it and I still didn't have readers initially. <laughs> And so then I like, nobody's paying attention. Nobody's listening. Nobody's watching. And so it does take time. Like you have to like, so you could have considered, okay, I tried the blog. It was a failure. I'm done. I'm over it. But like, you have to look at and figure out like, is that really a failure? Is that what I'm really going to call my best effort, my best shot? Or like, do I want to do more? Do I want to actually try harder? Right. So I think the interesting thing is like, okay, so everyone said like, you don't get into blogging unless you really, really want to. And I think people get into it for the wrong reasons. And I realized I did not get into there for the wrong reasons because I had 300 readers for at least a year and that's it. And it was going nowhere. And I just finally was like, well, I I knew I needed to try harder and I did that and it did luckily work out. But I also thought, well, I'm never going to quit it. Like, even if all my readers disappear, it's something that I actually really like to do. I like to remember my trips this way. If I ever have a family, like I would love if my kids could get on my website and be like, oh, well, mom went to Albania and did these things. So it's like, not, I'm never going to give it up, even if everybody disappears. That's the difference between me and other people, because I think other people start and they have 300 readers for a year. And then they're like, oh, it didn't work. And we're done. Yeah. I, I, I think that's so yeah. important is like, what are, what are your reasons? And like, is your why deep enough? And yeah. for me, yes, that kind of deep came up with like medicine where it's like, why am I doing this? 
oh, I wasn't doing medicine for the right reasons. And so like when it got hard, when things were not working out well for me in medicine, I just wanted to quit. And it's because I wasn't in it for the right reasons. And so I think that's, what's really important Uh is like, when you have that, why, and when you have that deeper motivation of like, I would do this, even if it was just my my grandma reading it, like then that's when you know, that's the right thing. Something that you actually want to do. Totally. And so what, what is life like now as a travel nurse? So I think what's cool for you is like, you've created a setup where you, mm-hmm. you travel part of the year totally without working and then you do contracts mm-hmm. for part of the year. So how are you able to kind of do yes. that setup? So I usually work six months, take six months off. And that doesn't mean like I take a full six months. Sometimes I'll take one month here, then four months, you know, but basically I work half the year and I travel half the year. I just really focus on when I'm working. You know, I, I try really hard to make sure that I am saving a lot of money and and being responsible with money. And I think as a travel nurse, you know, I was getting double the salary that I was as a staff nurse. So it's easy to get that money and then kind of go crazy with it. But I just make it a point to, you know, this is my fun money when I quit, when I'm done working for the six months to go and enjoy myself. And so that's kind of how I looked at it. I think that if you start to look at it as like, well, six months, I'm not making and I'm spending money and I'm not making money, the joy gets taken out of it. And I've met a lot of people like that. And it's just kind of a mindset thing, like you're allowed to reward yourself and like not feel guilty about it. So that's kind of what I was doing. And then I love travel nursing. I've been doing it for four and a half years. I think it's the best thing that's ever happened in my life. But you know, even now moving every 13 weeks, I am starting to get burned out from that. And so it was a really hard decision. But earlier this year, I decided to take a permanent job again. Well, permanent as in like longer than 13 weeks, I decided to move, I'm going to move to Chicago. And I have told myself one year, and if you hate it after a year, that's it. Um, So I'm going to give it a shot and see how I like the world of staff nursing again. And I'm focusing really hard on like keeping true to my roots, like not picking up extra shifts. If that's mm-hmm. not what that, if that's not what is healthy for me, not accepting overtime, really, really, really focusing on weekend trips, day trips, eight day vacays. You know, I'm still planning like my, my promise to myself is once a month, you're leaving Chicago and you're going somewhere new. Yeah. And that's like, So that's like kind of how I'm going to test out the year and see how it goes. Yeah. But I think that's so brave and it, and I think it really shows how you're able to continue listening to yourself, right? Because Mm -hmm. if you were still operating under the sense of like, I want to act in ways so that other people like me, then you might just stay working as a travel nurse because you could tell yourself, well, I built up a brand around travel nursing. I've done this and this. People expect this of me. Literally, I thought it was so sad because when I decided I wanted to go staff, this was in 2020 and it's now 2021, like the end of the year almost. And I was like, well, but I can't go staff because my blog is about travel nursing. And then I was like, that is so sad that I think that like, first off, it was never about travel nursing. It was always about travel and nursing. Exactly. It turned into travel nursing. But it's like, that doesn't necessarily define me like now I'm gonna have a whole new audience of like, nurses that want to go from travel to staff and like, 
I tr I'm trying to think of it more that way. And it came to a point where I'm like, yeah, like, why am I trying to please these people and not myself? Yeah. I think it's just another evolution of your journey and a way to show you that like, as people we grow and evolve. So what worked for us four years ago, when I started making this decision and travel nursing was what was going to help my burnout because, because the, remember the common theme of what can help you prevent your burnout is doing what you need to do for you and taking care of yourself. Right. And so when totally. that becomes what I need to do to take care of myself is to be in one place and rest. And I think one of the things you wrote is like, I want to just go to brunch on Saturdays and I want to have a brunch spot. Yes. On like, yes. <laughs> do you know how many Saturdays I've woke up and I'm like, I just don't have any friends to call because I'm in a new city every 13 weeks. And all I want to do is get a group of 10 people to go to brunch. Yeah. So yeah. And now so I need just, to make 10 friends. Yeah. Just 10. You, you can make nine friends and then you're one of the 10. So then it's That's a little so bit true. less. Okay. Nine, less, friends, nine friends. A little more manageable. It's not double digits, you know? So exactly. yeah, I think it just, it represents another evolution of like you, what you are needing to do for you to continue to prevent burnout. And I think that's so important. And so speaking of that, I think right now burnout, and I, I haven't been back in the hospital or in the medical field in a few years now. So I think you have a better perspective of this, but right now with the pandemic burnout for healthcare workers is really yeah. at an all-time high. Like there's a lot of that. burnout going on. So what, what advice would you give for healthcare workers who are feeling that sense of burnout, feeling unfulfilled right now. Don't feel bad about your burnout and don't feel bad if you need to take action to, to help yourself. You know, it's not your responsibility to carry the weight of the world on your shoulders. I said this to you before we started this call, like I don't necessarily think that, you know, COVID's going anywhere anytime soon, un unfortunately. And it's important to realize that like, it's not your responsibility to pick up extra shifts and to work longer hours if it's not good for your mental health. It's it's okay to be selfish and you should. It's harder to say that when you're working on a unit that's completely understaffed and you might feel like you're leaving your coworkers to pick up your slack, but that's the reality is you signed up to work 3 days a week just like everyone else. And it's okay if that's all you're able to offer. Mm -hmm. I don't think that you should feel bad about that. I think that you should really feel empowered. And I would even take it a step further and say, you know, if your burnout is so bad that you need to leave the bedside, then that's just what you have to do. And, and it's important not to apologize and not to, not to feel bad about it. I think that, and I love that you brought up the reality of like, look, we're saying this and it's, it's really hard to do to, to really mm -hmm. say, to say that no, to take care of yourself when you're seeing like my unit short staffed, there's like my coworkers are working and you're seeing the direct implication and it's really difficult. So we don't want to minimize that. It's not just a matter of being like, oh, just say no, it's easy. Like we know that it's not and you're mm -hmm. still worth it. And it's still really important for you to like, take care of yourself yeah. more than anyone else. And honestly, yeah it's the hospital's responsibility to, to pay people better, to do things to retain their staff. And like, it can't oh, fall yeah, on you. Yeah. Think about it from this point of view. Okay. So if I am going into work to work my scheduled shift and we're understaffed, I'm not mad at you for not coming in. I am mad at the hospital for not supplying more nurses. Like I'm not like, mm -hmm. well, Susie has the day <laughs> off and she's at home watching TV. Can you believe Susie just posted that from the comfort of her home. And I am here 
working. Like nobody thinks about it in that way. Like yeah. I'm like, wow, Susie worked three days this week and now she gets to be at home and I can't wait to do that. We need to socially validate each other for taking care of ourselves. Like, dang, yeah. she's so good at taking time off. I love the way she rests yes, and cares exactly. for herself. Like, let's and do like, that. When people, oh, when people like brag about, not brag, but they're like, I have 400 hours of PTO. I'm like, that's not cool. Like, not why do you have 400 impressed. hours of PTO? <laughs> yeah, like I have negative five hours of PTO at all times. Yes, yes. But like, can we just socially validate that? I think that's so important because I think there is a lot in medicine of like, I have bags under my eyes and I worked overtime and like, you know, you're you're like bragging about it. I didn't it get a, a lunch sense. today. Yeah. 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 I had to work through lunch and I had in, in um, residency for me, we would talk about how like intense our shift was like we had seven stat c-sections on the ship and you know it's like you brag about how horrible your day was and there it's like there's some social currency to that so if we just stop doing that i think that would be yeah. really powerful and let's just validate each other for getting those negative yeah. five pto like get it like do not take PTO. oh yeah exactly and like nurses that i work with that don't eat lunch i'm like no go eat lunch like don't what are you doing stop sitting here and go eat lunch like yeah 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 i love that that. i think that's so important because changing the culture really starts from us individually and then like perpetuating that into other people um and i feel like we could probably talk for forever but i want to be mindful of everyone's time i was just thinking that yes i was like i could keep going literally we we totally could and we'll have to talk more and have you on here again but just to wrap up with one final question um what does fulfillment mean to you i would say that you actually said it earlier but fulfillment to me is like it's not just work fulfillment it's your life fulfillment so physically emotionally spiritually that you're filling all of your cups up you know and not just you know not just feeling fulfilled at work but also feeling fulfilled outside of work and I would also say I don't feel fulfilled if I feel fulfilled outside of work but not at work it's like a balance of everything of of your whole entire life and I I think that when I give a little bit to every cup is when I feel the most fulfilled versus like stacking one cup and depleting another it's it's just a balancing all the all the things like make makes me feel the most fulfilled yeah and it, like like you said we're not giving anyone a prescription for fulfillment and saying this is what you do mm-hmm. but i think what's interesting because yeah. i ask i try to ask this question to every guest sometimes i forget but it's interesting to see like everyone's definition is different and that's the point <laughs> like you get yeah, to decide yeah, yeah. what makes you feel fulfilled and go and do those things and start to recognize what that is. And and like you're telling us now, just because you figured it out at one phase of your life, it can shift and change, right? Now what's going to feel more fulfilling to you is like having more of a home base and a stable ground. And I think that's important to recognize and give yourself the ability to evolve and not keep yourself stuck in one place. And where can everybody find you? I know we talked about your blog, but where can they go to find you? Um, Tell us about kind of. You can find me at, on basically every social media handle, Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter, Instagram, at passports and preemies. Um, And then you can find my blog at www.passportsandpremies.com. Thank you so much for joining us today, Kylie, and just being so open and honest and sharing about all the different parts of your journey. Thanks for being such a great host and for having me on here. I had a great time. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Life After Medicine podcast. 
make sure to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. If you want to continue the conversation, share your takeaways, and connect with other like-minded healthcare workers, then come join us in the Life After Medicine Facebook group. The link to join the group is in the show notes. I can't wait to connect with you further.